Hello and welcome to In Unison, the podcast for choral conductors, composers, and choristers, where we interview members of our choral community to talk about new music, new and upcoming performances, and discuss the interpersonal and social dynamics of choral organizations in the San Francisco Bay Area and beyond. Beyond. We are your hosts. I am Zane Fiala, Artistic Director of the International Orange Chorale of San Francisco. And I'm Giacomo Di Gregoli, a tenor in IOCSF, the Golden Gate Men's Chorus, and the San Francisco Symphony Chorus. And this is... In Unison! This week we're in conversation with Tim Keeler, the newly minted music director of the Grammy Award-winning vocal ensemble Chanticleer, about taking the reins of this cherished Bay Area ensemble in the midst of the pandemic and how Chanticleer has pivoted from their usual touring schedule to more COVID-friendly productions and live streams. So joining us today on the podcast, we have Tim Keeler. And Tim is the new music director for the Grammy Award-winning vocal ensemble Chanticleer. Uh, Tim actually sang with the group in 2017 to 2018 in that season and is the fourth of the six music directors to have been a member of the ensemble. Uh, kudos to your new appointment, Tim. Uh, prior to moving to San Francisco, uh, Tim forged a career as an active conductor, singer, and educator in New York. Uh, he's actually an avid proponent of new and challenging repertoire and remains a core member of Ekmeles, a vocal ensemble dedicated to contemporary avant-garde and infrequently performed repertoire based in New York City. Tim's in the midst of completing his DMA in choral conducting at the University of Maryland and also is an accomplished educator. Uh, Tim holds his bachelor's in music from Princeton with certificates in vocal performance and computer science. Love that crossover there. Uh, has an, a master's in philosophy uh, in music and science from Cambridge. In fact, this is very interesting to me. You did your dissertation at Cambridge, uh, which explored statistical methods used in natural language processing and unsupervised machine learning as applied to musical phrase detection and segmentation. That sounds so way over my head but really fascinating. I can't wait to talk about that. A master's uh, of music in choral conducting from the University of Michigan rounds out his education. Basically, Tim is a choral, choral powerhouse. powerhouse. My goodness. My <laughs> Welcome, Tim. Goodness. Did I miss anything on that, uh, I'm that sorry. list? I'm sorry you had to read all that. I should really just shorten. <laughs> We're not. Shorten not at all. It's great to have you on. Awesome. <laughs> it's great to be here, and it's great to chat with you guys. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for making the time. And I, as a as a way of kind of uh, breaking the ice a little bit, I had a question for you, just a personal interest. Um, so I've been a product manager in tech for the last 20 years here in the Bay Area. Zane just noted that you had uh, studied computer science, and obviously you have an interest in tech and obviously a, a deep interest, and you've chosen this career sort of in, in, in music. Um, Lots of us who are choristers who love this, who do it as an amateur basis, or folks who sort of had that same kind of decision or that landscape in front of us. Talk us through that. How did you become Tim Keeler, the the director of Chanticleer, and not, I don't know, Google engineer or something, whatever? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And I, you know, I actually, it goes all the way back. I mean, I've been a, a musician and a singer forever, um, but I, you know, I... I never thought really that I'd make a go of it professionally until pretty late. I mean, it was, it was in college and I, you know, sophomore year of college when, uh, it was like, pick your major. And I was like, Oh man, uh, <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, am I going to do computer science or music? Cause I loved, I love both. And I thought, you know, I actually thought that, uh, if I didn't major in music, I wouldn't make myself practice enough to uh, then later have a go at it. So um, that's what I decided on, uh, for better or for worse, I think for better um, in my case. And uh, I'm really thankful that that's how it turned out. But it certainly wasn't a, a, a surefire path. I mean, any musician knows that's the case. There's always roundabout things. It never goes exactly how you plan. Um, but uh, this this worked out okay. And actually, so when I was at, in England at Cambridge, I did this, I was like, I'll do both. I'll do music and computer science. Um, <laughs> Which, uh, while I was there, I, I got to sing in a bunch of the choirs. I actually subbed at Kings, at, you know, a bunch of their even song services and sang in Sydney Sussex Choir with a um, director called David Skinner. It was you know, it's so amazing. And I about halfway through that degree, I was like, actually, 
the thing I'm really enjoying here is the singing and not the computer science part, which was interesting, but it was just like me in the library all day at my computer, like coding. And it's like, actually what I want to be doing right now is singing in this even song service tonight instead. Um, and so that really, that really drove home the, uh, the path for me, which is then why I went immediately after that to Michigan for this degree in choral conducting, because working with people is to me, more enjoyable than um, working with uh, a computer, even though computers are so much a part of our lives these days and you can't avoid them. But uh, I, I appreciate that human interaction just, just a little more. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think most people would think of these two things as being completely diametrically opposed, right? It's either your like, left brain or right brain. But I don't know. I think most of us who've sort of played with both think that they're complementary. I mean, do you see that within your work or how you work? I mean, how do you see the interplay between those two in your life yeah, today? Yeah, I think it's fascinating, actually, because, you know, I always grew up being like, I like math. Uh, and that was, I don't like writing, you know, you as if you have to choose when you're a kid. You're like, <laughs> right. this is this is what I'm, quote unquote, good at. Um and that was just like me, right? Okay, oh, that's I'm the math guy. And so that sort of led to like computer science. And you're right. Uh, it, they Music is, you know, it's potentially more emotional than like rules of math. Um, but I, I've always, I guess, approached it from the more analytical side. Um, you know, I've really always enjoyed music theory, obviously, and, and how, how pieces fit together. Um, but uh, I... I there's something that music that that I think is pretty unique in that it has that analytical side, but it also has this completely separate side. And the analytical side doesn't mean anything if you don't have this other side to it as well, which is that interpersonal connection, emotional side. Like, who cares about music theory if you're not like connecting with anybody, right? Exactly. Um, and so, I, you know, it's helpful to have that um, that computer science background for sure, especially when you're learning a piece um, or or getting it in your fingers or in your, in your ears. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, they're only tools, tools to an end. And that end is, is singing together. Speaking of the blend of art and science, how about a bit of sci-fi choral singing? Let's hear a bit of Chanticleer now performing Observer in the Magellanic Cloud by Mason Bates. <laughs> As a person who clearly has interest in tech, I mean, lots of folks and lots of choirs right now are diving into all sorts of new tech, right? Trial by fire. It's like, oh my gosh, Zoom and, you know, real time sort of uh, attempting to uh, stream things and all these sort of things going on there. So if you had a magic wand, or rather, if you could speak to, I don't know, some tech startup person and you were like, I need you to solve this problem for me, based on sort of what's out there and what the tools are there right now, what would you wish for? That's a great question. I would, I would wish for um, the ability to. Uh, oh gosh, we've run into there's just so many, so many things here. But what, so I guess what I'll say is, is, is the ability to, um, to not only uh, real time make music with people over the internet, which there are ways to do that, right? Yep. It's not, it's not a trivial pursuit, but it's, it's certainly possible. Um, but then have that able to be um sort of uh live streamed um and easily accessible and without any hoops to jump through i mm-hmm. want i want to i want every member of chanticleer or any choir to just like log on and like sing through the internet with each other and then have other people be able to just watch it and enjoy it and I know there are many hurdles to make that happen, and and it's not to say it's not Im- impossible, um, but it's certainly not just like a click the button and make it happen. Right. Uh, and um, I know it's it's sort of you a want big the ask, Apple but... it just works. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Apple circa Plug maybe play. fifteen years ago, or I don't know. <laughs> right, That's right, shade. Right. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Apple. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> suddenly not getting sponsorship. Yeah, oh, we well. just lost all of our Apple listeners. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping to get a free iMac out of this, you know. Forget it. That's that's why we're in music, guys. Is for sponsorship. Yeah. We were we so, were also music on. I mean, one of the things that we were just chatting with uh, Paul Kim earlier. Um, who is in Denmark, but we were just sort of, he's also a technologist. And so we were asking about that. And one place our brains went to was like, wow, maybe there's like some cool AR or VR experience where there's no latency and it feels like you're in there and part of the group. And then, you know, the counterpoint to that is, well, it's still nice to be around people. Like, right. You can't yeah. ever fully substitute. Yeah, you can't, you can't substitute it. I, one of the things that I, was we've been doing all these master classes for um, like area high schools and, actually around the country. Um, and, uh, you know, seeing what these kids are going through in their quote unquote cor choral classes this year, mm -hmm. which have been sort of anything but, um, is, you know, it's, it's a lot of, just a lot of talking, which is fine. You can talk about music, you can listen to music together, um, but it's so hard to make music together. And one of the things that I like that, you, that VR experience, one of the things, one of my dreams that like, if I could make it happen, I absolutely would, it would be to, um, give those students a, a, a way to sing in an ensemble, even if there's nobody with them. So like put on mm. your VR goggles and like you take, you get to be a member of Chanticleer and you have to look around Ooh. and like see everybody and like hear everybody and like sing with the ensemble. And we remove the alto part for a piece, for instance, right. and you, you get to sing that part with Chanticleer. I think that would be awesome. So if anybody's listening, exactly. <laughs> Someone please put that together. with. <laughs> Yeah, that's a cool idea. You know, it's we we've been having all these conversations with different directors about what's happening during COVID and what people are doing to try to make music and to try to keep some semblance of of normal music making um, around. And we keep talking about these technological advances we'd like to see, but the real the reality of it is that we're going to come to the end of the pandemic, at least to a point where we're going to be able to make music together. And I don't think that we're going to have developed the technology to the point that we get our wish list completed before we can actually get the one thing we w we wish for the most, which is to make music in person. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see the way that the technology progression and its trajectory carries over into the post-pandemic world and enriches our lives in, in other ways. Because what you just talked about to like, absolutely, I would pay money to be able to put my headphones on with my microphone and sing with Chanticleer. That would be so cool. And I think there's a lot of people that would have the same experience or the same uh, hope. Um, yeah, Zane, not Zane's, Zane's in line behind me, but just to be clear, <laughs> just to be clear. So it's exciting to think about like what post-pandemic life looks like with technology involved um, to continue to enrich our lives as opposed to it being a, a band-aid to help, you know, us heal yeah. from what we've been suffering, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, in, in Chanticleer, we've, we've really had to just rethink things as everybody has. And, and, you know, we've been filming things much more than we ever would have in the past. And now it's just become much more familiar. And I guarantee we're going to do keep doing that once we're finally able to be in the same place together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, I, how rude of me not to mention this, but welcome back to San Francisco. I think I see San Francisco over your shoulder. I'm not Thank entirely you. sure is that, if that's where you are yep. now, but yep. yeah. Yep. Welcome back. Um, this must have been like a whirlwind welcome back. This is just insane to land back in San Francisco in the summer in the midst of COVID, becoming MD. I mean, and if I'm not mistaken, you actually went through the entirety of the audition and hiring process smack in the middle of COVID. That, and actually the audition process completed in February. So oh, so just before you're coming back. Just so. before this all sort of happened. And I found out that I got the position um, in like mid-March, end of March, something like that. And I was... I mean, obviously really excited. And then I was just like, oh, but there's this other thing that maybe might impact it a little bit. Something about something about a coronavirus yeah, or something. Exactly. It's like <laughs> impacting your sort of re-onboarding here, which is just like coming back in and being like, oh, I have you had these great plans, I'm sure. And yeah. um what was some of that um walk us through a little bit of what's going through your mind on any specific day as you're balancing west coast move covid music directing i mean how many plates were you spinning in the air yeah it was it was pretty crazy because i was also as you said i was in the midst of finishing up my coursework um at the university of maryland so it was finishing that figuring out how i was going to move out here 
and then trying to come up with something that we could do in the fall um because as the days roll by every week it was like oh we're not going here oh that concert's canceled and um that's honestly i think one of the biggest challenges for everybody this year has been you it's just so hard to think farther than two weeks ahead right um you're just sort of like well i don't i don't know what's gonna happen um and uh so you know i had i was drawing up christmas programs in july that were two hours long and 30 minutes long. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to be able to do. So here are some ideas. Um, and uh, putting together digital programs, we did this Live from London thing through Vaughn's 8. And oh, the Vaughn's 8 loved that. Thank you. Yeah, that was really fun. That, that was sort of this totally Frankenstein program from a bunch of different programs we had lined up or that they had already had lined up for the for the spring and the fall that never we're going to happen. And I was like, how do we make this work? And how do we, what are the, what do we know? What can we put together with the least amount of rehearsal time? And, um, so it's all sort of, we're all sort of flying by the, the seat of our pants. I'll tell you, here's one thing I sent, I sent to all the guys before, um, I came out here was sort of the, the day before I started was when I was driving out, when I was moving out here, I just drove out here in my Hyundai Elantra with just <laughs> full of stuff and that was it um the other so thing Hyundai is Elantra, I, you say that it could fit a lot of stuff because we could try to get a sponsor <laughs> <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to do it no, i love it i love it um and uh no that's that's the whole story in itself because i was coming i knew we were gonna be rehearsing which was scary we were gonna be rehearsing in person and so Oof. i actually i decided to drive out and I didn't stay in a hotel. I didn't stop for food or even water. I packed it all with me on the way out oh. here because I didn't. I didn't want to. I don't know. Did I you just, camp? What did you? I mean, did you? Yeah, really... I camped. I camped wow. every night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the places I camped was Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, and uh, I did this this hike um, during the day that I was there. Up, it was a. It was um, the top of Mount Mount Chiquito is the name of the. The, the hike that I did. And um, it's a, it's an unmarked trail up to the top. Uh, and there's a sign. I took a picture of this sign, right? As I was about to start on the trail, it says all summits. And I had an arrow pointed that way. Um, and it says trail not marked beyond this point. And I was like, what a metaphor for what <laughs> I am going into right now. It's like, there are summits out there. They're over there just out of reach. And the trail is not marked. We got to yeah. figure it out. We got to just make it up as we go, use our intuition and work together to make this happen because there's no, there's no guidance for any of this. We're all just sort of thrown into it and like, good luck, you know? Yeah. I mean, and speaking of traveling, I mean, Shanklar at this point, I mean, typically you'd be on the road quite a bit or would have been on the road quite a bit. Um, but obviously that makes that much more challenging walk us through maybe how do you even i mean from a programming perspective that's one issue but how do you even know i mean every region will have a different set of rules right so like maybe there are some countries that are like sure come on come on over you know i'm sure none of you are literally dying to sing for jair bolsonaro at this moment but like i'm you know maybe there are places that are actually like you could i mean how do you think about that as an organization right like how do you balance the the safety of the group but then also be like well how do we do what we you know could do can do yeah it's really 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 tough and the i mean the obvious answer is safety of the group comes first and we're not going to put anybody in jeopardy we're not going to put anybody on a plane um to go to you know COVID hotspot even if they're going to pay us a million dollars because that's like it's not worth it right um and so that that's first and foremost um but if there's a way to do it safely. If there's a way to make music safely, if we can drive somewhere or if we can really like recording these films, if we can quarantine ourselves, go through all the testing, have all the protocols and do it really safely, then we'll do it. Um, you know, talking about like, we had a whole European tour scheduled for January. We were supposed to go to Dublin uh, and then to France and then Germany. We were supposed to end in Moscow. Uh, and uh, I was, you know, obviously incredibly excited about all that uh and as these weeks wore on it became more and more obvious that that wasn't going to happen even though like some countries were like yeah like we can just do an hour-long set and we'll like split rotate the audience and it'll be fine it's like okay like maybe luxembourg um but uh 
other countries weren't, it wasn't going to happen. And, and it got to the point where, you know, we weren't even, Americans really weren't allowed to go anywhere. So yeah. uh, right. uh, it's, it, like I said, it's sort of just like working week by week and fixing programs for whatever we can possibly do, um, and, but do it safely. That's yeah. the... And it's interesting to hear you talk about kind of the the logistical compromises and trade-offs you have to make. As MD for Chanticleer, I imagine you probably also had been faced with some, some musical compromises, perhaps, or needing to make compromises or thinking about that. What kinds of compromises did you feel you needed to make um, to put on any of the performances, whether it was the, the Watch of Sage stream or the Christmas stream? I mean, did you feel like you needed to? Yeah, that's, that's got to be tough as an MD. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question, and and the the biggest compromise I think was restricting the scope of both of the programs because I'm always like, yeah, let's do this piece, let's do this piece, but really, in order to do it safely, also, you know, I'm not gonna sit through a two hour concert online myself, so why would I expect anybody else to do that? Um, but you know, comp like. So you have to cut a few pieces. That's not a that's not a big compromise. I was actually really happy, really happy with how uh, little we had to compromise in the actual music making, um, in the end result. Now rehearsals were a totally different story. We had compromises all over the place. You know, singing with masks, singing nine feet apart, only six people at a time for a few weeks, and like rotating every thirty minutes to a different spot. I mean, that was absolutely infuriating and you feel like we just like take two steps and then take one step backward and then have six other guys come in who didn't even know what steps were just taken and um so that that was nuts but we made that work and i i i think the end result actually has very little compromises in in regards to the overall music making which i'm very very happy with and in fact the um the christmas film um we decided that, you know what, since there's no audience, we don't have to face out to an audience. So we just stood in a circle. Um, and it's a big circle because we didn't want to be super close to each other. But uh, uh, we decided that, uh, you know, the, the cameras can make it work. And they did. And actually, that, I honestly, I think that enhanced the sound because we could all, that guys could all see each other at every moment and like really connect and really hear what was going on in a way that, um, if you've ever seen a Chanticleer show, there's 12, 12 guys on stage and the ends of the arc are actually really far away from each other. And and you really actually, if I remember standing on the end when I was singing in the group and it's like, I have, especially in some places with bad acoustics, you're at some like, you know, <laughs> stage in the middle of Georgia or whatever. And, um, and uh, you can't hear what's going on on the other side of the arc. And so you're just like constantly watching and like, you're like, is this right? Um, well, and so this, and the Christmas, we were in a circle where everybody could hear everybody. It was kind of great. Let's hear a short piece from that concert now. Here's Chanticleer, standing in a circle, singing Antoine Brumel's take on the Noel text. Production value on that was great, by the way. It was just incredible. I think all of the streaming concerts that I've seen you put on are just stunning. It's really, really beautiful. Thank you. Probably a little bit of a trial by fire there too. But um, between that and like the, I loved by the way the the music videos, the Blossom Deary video that was sort of a few months ago, the Coma Dali Vu, and the, yeah. what was the other one? There was one more. I think the one that you had arranged, and then there was another that I saw that was adorable. Oh, we just did a Christmas time is here. It was just um, yeah, oh, with the little Linus and the yeah, it was really cute. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm is that something that you think you'll you'll keep doing? I mean, was that sort of fun for everyone? I I noticed also a bunch of the names of the 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 guys who were like so, you know Andy Barry was doing some video editing and you know whoever was doing the brian hinman yeah. was doing some audio i mean do you think that yeah. that's stuff that will still you'll still do in the future it, it will definitely still do it in the future um and uh fortunately like those are all produced in-house by the singers of chanticleer which is amazing um brian did all the audio mixing and editing and all the guys 
um, recorded on their own. Uh, and uh, uh, Andy Berry did all the um, video editing. And I think it looks great. It does look if, great. If I do say so myself, you know. <laughs> um, and I, I, um, you know, we've all, virtual choirs are sort of, I don't know, sort of de facto standards. Like you can't think of anything else to do like a virtual choir thing. Like that's fine. If that's what you're doing, that's great. You can't knock anybody for doing anything these days. Um, right. As long as you're trying to do something, I think that's amazing. Um, and, and, but there is a, there is a little bit of like, okay, well, yeah, virtual choir. And so we really tried to make it something a little more special, a little more um, unique. And I think, I, you know, I had actually very, very little to do with any of those projects. I arranged distance, but I, storyboarding, editing, mixing, singing, I didn't have anything to do with any of that. Um, and the guys really all did that themselves, which is very, that's ah, amazing. I, I'm really happy. And, and it'll, it'll, we'll continue to do it. I hope we continue to do it. The other, th I mean, we have plenty of time to do it now. If, when we're back on tour, it's going to be a lot less time to put that together because it's not a, not a small feat. Um, but I hope we continue to do it. Let's hear a bit of one of those virtual projects, which you can find on Chanticleer's YouTube channel to check out the fun visuals. Here's Chanticleer's cover of Distance by Emily King, arranged by Tim Keeler. Oh, love is always better when we take time to get back to who we are. When we are apart, distance makes the heart grow even when I'm lonely. Speaking of the guys, how how's everybody holding up? How are they keeping their voices in shape? How are they sort of dealing with the curveballs that life is throwing in everyone's way? Yeah, it's super strange. And this is, um, you know... I've been talking to all of them. I, I think this is the, I mean, I know this is the longest stretch that any of them have actually been in San Francisco. Um, pretty much, even there's guys who've been in the group for now 14 years. And in those 14 years, they've never been in San Francisco for this long um, at once. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's nuts. Uh, and one of the, I would, one of the giant perks of singing in Chanticleer is the travel and to have that cut out. It's kind of like, well, and, and, and the singing for a lot of it is cut out of it too. It's right. like, wow, what am I even doing? Like, what is, what is my job right now? Um, and we have these projects off and on, but in between it's kind of like, ah, what are we doing? Um, and so it's been a, it's been, um, we've been staying busy but it's a different kind of busy. We've been doing these virtual projects. We've been doing these recording sessions and we've been doing a lot of outreach. Um, mm. Like I mentioned earlier yeah. to, um, to schools uh, and it's, it's a different kind of busy. I, I know that uh, they all want to get back on the road again. Um, yeah. I want them to get back on the road again because that's what Chanticleer does. Chanticleer sings together. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's the job. The, the silver lining of course, is that probably spouses and significant others and, well, actually, and even single folk who are like, cool, I can finally, you know, maybe date or meet people or, or like, or, yeah. fi or, fi or not, or like yeah. find my friends again, you know, and, and yeah. reestablish relationships with people. I mean, are you yeah. finding that in the Bay Area kind of doubly now that you're back and you're like, yeah, set yeah, down a little bit? It's, it's, I mean, it is hard to meet anybody really these days. Um, but uh, I know the guys have, especially those with significant others, I think I've really appreciated the time yeah. to, um, to, to connect more deeply and uh you know we've also used the time to um to have more meetings amongst ourselves than we normally would because um you know when you're on on tour singing you sort of just go place to place and you make it happen um and you really have time rarely have time to stop and think about it um what you're actually doing and and so we've had a lot of time now to to meet over zoom and and like talk about what it is that we do especially in light of the uh george floyd uh black lives matter protests in the spring um and and sort of you know so i'm new i was new in august and philip our executive director was also new um in august and so reconceptualizing what chanticleer means with all of that so, you know it's a big changing of the guard and so we've had we've used the time to to talk about all that um uh which we probably wouldn't have had 
if we were constantly trying to tour and sing concerts. So at the moment, what is most important for Chanticleer? What's what's most at stake for you as this newly minted MD? It's Chanticleer has a, a amazing tradition, and I am so thankful and like humbled by it, uh, and frankly, like anxious and and nervous to sort of uphold that tradition. Um, Chanticleer just, I think it just finished its 42nd season. Um, and I don't know if anybody listening remembers, uh, Eric Alatori. Oh yes. Basso Profundo. Basso Profundo. Yeah. With that handlebar mustache. Mm -hmm. So he's, he started, he started singing in Chanticleer. Um, I think I get, I think I can say this. I hope he doesn't mind. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure he started singing in Chanticleer in 1989 which is the year that I was born. <laughs> just, We're going to strike that from the record. Yeah. I find that personally attacking. <laughs> now I feel old. <laughs> I personally attacked. No, which, which is to say that there's a ton of tradition and a ton of amazing music um, that Chanelcare has done. And I, fortunately, a lot of it has been digitized. Or the scores have been digitized. So I've been using the past couple of weeks to go through all these scores that are online and just be like, oh my gosh, when, wow, Gene Perling arranged this for us. Um, and like, it's amazing. Um, and, and so my job, as I see it, is to uphold that tradition, um, but not necessarily be beholden to it. Um, I, think, I think it's a real problem if you restrict yourselves to what happened before because the, I think the only reason Chanticleer made a name for itself is because it was new and exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if we want to continue, like that's part of the tradition. The new and exciting part is kind of also the tradition. Um, well, yeah. So I mean, gotta, I, yeah. I, I know that one of the, one of the traditions you're known for is the, the, that Christmas concert. I mean, as a San Franciscan who's been to that concert so many times that the Christmas concert is a deep one. And, and, this the latest Christmas series from Darkness to Light for me was a bright spot and otherwise really just crappy year. What what was some of the most meaningful moments from you for you from that holiday concert series and how do you see the traditions kind of continuing there? Yeah, we had a lot of chat about this before we did anything about <sighs> Shanically Christmas is sort of like a brand in and of itself. And so, you know, we kind of had to have the candlelight procession because that sort of always happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we kind of had to have, I mean, not kind of, we definitely had to have the Bible Ave Maria. I think if we <laughs> didn't do that, there'd be a riot. Um, and, uh, but that was, I was like, okay, yeah, this, those two things are like the essence of Shanika Christmas. And, and then it was, how can we, what can we do differently or what can we make even more special about it this year? And, as, you know, one of the things I mentioned earlier was singing in a circle. It was just like, oh, this technology allows us to sing in a circle. It also allows us to sing it. We we were rehearsing over in Richmond in this warehouse, and it was like a pain in the butt to actually rehearse there and sing there because it was so boomy and it was just impossible. Um, but it was like, okay, what can, what can we make out of this? And it had these gorgeous giant windows. Um, and so the lighting became a huge part of that film which wouldn't have happened in a church in a church it's beautiful but you get sort of one one dim light in the far corner from some nave (laughs) yeah yeah. right exactly yeah so uh and you know so that was one thing that was sort of obvious to us is how do we make it new just because of the way that it's being done this year um but then also repertoire wise um uh, the the George Walker piece is something that I I scrounged up over the summer. Um, uh, the first uh, a, a black man to win the Pulitzer Prize in music. Mm. Um, I, it's this this piece, uh, "Babe Is Born," that I think is beautiful, and I can't mm. find a recording of it anywhere. And I'm like, okay, this is it. This is we've got to put this this piece in the program. I think it's amazing. And similarly, the, the Komitas that is in there is this Armenian composer, early 20th century Armenian composer that rarely gets performed, uh, partly because all the scores are in like uh, uh, Armenian script, which is totally incomprehensible, at least to me. Um, but we had a lot of, had to do a lot of work um, 
uh, and get some help uh, putting that together. Uh, but it's it's that sort of took the place of the Gregorian chant this year. Let's like let's do something a little different. So instead of Gregorian chant, we had this Armenian um, opening, which I think same affect, but little twist on it and same impact for the audience too yeah, yeah. super yeah. cool yeah so uh, that's yeah so we're going for and speaking of sort of pulling out new pieces or sort of um, thinking about these commissions please tell me absolutely everything about that new Stephen Samet's piece that debuted in October because I loved it um yeah. the the birds of paradise I have to say um so one of the things I sing with the Golden Gate men's chorus and our mm-hmm. director Joe Piazza one of the ways that we've been staying uh, in touch with each other, obviously singing has been tough, but he's been leading us with musicology and will occasionally sort of play us a piece and is exposing us to different things. And Zane's been doing the same thing for us with IOCSF and kind of just doing what we can do. Um, and I just, that piece, he played it for us. And I have to tell you, it was extremely polarizing. There were some folks who listened to it who were like, that was weird. And I listened to it and I was like, that was weird. That was cool. I love that. So can you tell us a little bit more about uh, tell us a little bit more about that piece and how it kind of came across your desk and became part of that concert? Yeah, I well, okay, I love that piece. Thank uh, you, I love it. And, and uh, that was one that was supposed to be premiered last spring. Mm-hmm. Of course, wasn't um, because all concerts were canceled. Um, and uh, I I got music from Jared, the assistant music director. He was like, here's the stuff that we were supposed to perform in the next like two months. And he giant, he sent me these giant folders of music back in June, I think. And I was sort of just playing through it all and, and trying to figure out like, cause I was trying to figure out what was going to be on this live from London program. I didn't really know how long it was even supposed to be, but I was like, what can I pull from here? And playing through that piece, I like immediately, I was like, this is a cool, this is a cool piece. Um, and it's, um, Stephen Samets has been associated with Chanticleer for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he's written a lot of beautiful pieces for us. Um, and I mean, back actually, to the Joe Jennings days at least, right? I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so he sort of knows the ensemble. He knows what the ensemble sounds like, and that makes a huge difference. Um, and so this is piece is written for twelve singers, uh, with you know the the ranges of Chanticleer in mind, because uh, you know as you know it's soprano, alto, tenor, bass. But our sopranos are not female sopranos, which means there are certain restrictions. Same, but it also means that our altos can do outrageous things as well and sing really low. And so um, it's really cool to have somebody like Steven um, writing for us who really knows what the ensemble can do. Uh, so it's, it's scored for 12 singers, 12, uh, in this case, 12 birds. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they, they each have a unique sort of a vibe throughout the piece and and fully um, committed by the way for those of you who have not seen this video and i hope it is re-released in some way like every person is just full every singer is just fully committed to their their animal their bird yeah <laughs> well awesome. i'm glad to hear you say that because it you know it's there's meter changes all over the place um it's it's doesn't it's sort of through composed there's very little like uh like repetition to mm-hmm. it um and uh, there's a lot of character to it. Um, and I knew that in order to actually pull it off, especially if it was going to be filmed and like camera in your face, that there's no way the guys could use their music to perform it. Uh, and so I, I like, was like, I'm sorry, this piece is really hard, but I know you can do it, so memorize it. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and they did. And I think that, I think it's amazing. I think what they pulled off is amazing. Um, and you know, thank God I didn't have to memorize it. So kudos to them. Um, Cause it's really, like you said, it's just committed character to each of these bird sounds that come out of nowhere, like hoots and chirps yeah. and tweets and flapping this. There's one marking in the score. It says um, it's in parentheses and it talks says ruffling feathers. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I remember seeing Adam Ward vigorously ruffling feathers. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I am certain that is written absolutely in the score. <laughs> Let's hear a bit of the world premiere of Birds of Paradise by Stephen Samets from the Voces 8 Live from London series.
like it was harder to pull together a performance of a newly commissioned piece now, you know, in the current situation than it would have been typically? Yeah, it, it certainly was. Um, only because there wasn't extra time to sort of figure it out. Because mm. um, we really had to condense all the rehearsal time to spend as little time as possible doing anything. So a lot of re- a lot of rehearsals in Chanticleer are, are like, honestly, kind of relaxed sometimes because you just sort of trying things out. It's like, what is this piece? Can we sing this? Like, you sing this. Um, and this was, um, this was, we didn't have time for any of that. So it was yeah. like, I had it super marked up beforehand. Like, you move here, you do this, you blah, 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 blah. And uh, learn, learn it. Like, let's, let's go. Um, so that it sort of takes away a little bit of the enjoyment from it because there's something pretty magical, um, about exploring a piece together. Um, but, uh, I think it was, it was worth it for the result and the certain restrictions that we had. Did you, do you feel like you've had to kind of alter your process as a conductor, as a musical director, uh, in preparing scores and in preparing to, you know, lead the group because of, of the pandemic, because of the current situation? Um, it's a, that's a tricky question just cause you know, leading Chanticleer is sort of a singular experience and there's, mm. I, I'm not, I don't know what I would have done necessarily not in a pandemic. And so I'm sure that I'll, I'll figure that out. But the, the approach that I've had over the past, well, since August has certainly, certainly been colored by the pandemic. And I, I imagine it'll it'll change once we're able to relax and be together. Yeah. What are you all working on right now? I mean, speaking of recording and things like that, are you, are there any active recording projects? How soon can we get new CDs? Music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And, and, and to be honest, that the, the future is a little uh, murky at the moment. Um, and uh, that's, that's really just due to the fact that, um, as you probably know, uh, you're not allowed to sing in San Francisco. Um, and, uh, we are, don't want to break any rules. Um, and so uh, it's really, really hard to put together a concert when like we have this, we, we usually rehearse at Trinity St. Peter's church on Bush and Goff and that space has been empty since August. I go in there to make photocopies maybe once a month. Um, and that's it. I've got a desk that I've never used. Um, and, uh, so we can't rehearse together there. And so everything we do has to be done digitally or it has to be a, a you know, sort of Herculean effort to get everybody over the bay for rehearsals and a giant recording. Um, and uh, th- there's possibility that something like that will happen uh, again this spring. Um, I don't want to make any promises just yet, uh, uh-huh. but um, that's still still on the table. We'll see. Um, I know that we've got um, more digital content, um, more... Um, Videos like uh, Christmas Time is Here and Distance and Comment to Vue that'll be coming out, um, which I'm excited about. And we're really, um, we're really also really uh, leaning into the education aspect of it because that it's just as the concerts can can reach a lot more people. I think we had oh we had a, a ton of people view the Christmas concert, which is really really exciting. Um, so can we reach out to more schools uh, and and interact with more students in a way that. Uh, you know, not only would we not have had time for, um, in our, in our previous life, but, um, it just would have, it's just hard to travel around all these schools. And now we can, we've sort of got it down. We know, okay, you talk about this, you talk about this, and then we do Q and A, and then we talk about, you know, Shannon Clear, here's a clip. And, um, so that's, we're, we're leaning into that, which is, which is, um, you know, it's not singing together, but it's certainly useful. And, and the feedback we've gotten from, um, from teachers has been really all Makes still, us know it's worthwhile. All still virtual, presumably. Yep. Or do you get to sort of do little hybrid bits and pieces here with with regulations? I mean, do you even sort of you're putting that on hold for now and just doing everything virtually? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough, but uh, everybody's in it together yeah. at the moment. So, what are you most excited for post pandemic? You personally and in your capacity as MD, but then you also just personally, what are you looking forward to the day that we're like all clear? Uh, music is, is so much about connection. That's the way we, way we started this conversation is like, I decided to do music because it was about those personal connections. Right. And talking with you guys here over zoom is lovely and amazing. 
um, but it's not the same, as we said. Uh, and there's something about there's something about rehearsing together, and then like the month that we had to put together the Christmas program, or the month that we had to put together the Live from London program. It's like the thirteen of us were in a room together, interacting, not just like conversation wise, but like in this collective effort to make something beautiful. And, you know, all, all that that entails, which is getting frustrated at each other, getting excited about things, like uncovering beauty together. And it's hard to, you know, put that into one word, but I, I'm excited to make that just like an everyday thing again, to, to, to interact with people in that way again. Um, and you know, music is the, the, especially choral music, like that's the epitome of that experience and um so i'm just excited to get not only like hugging people again but <laughs> interacting as a normal human in, <laughs> yeah. In the same spaces. yeah 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 and then and then the other thing for shannon clear i'm excited to th- like as we just said i'm excited to think farther in the future because i want to you know, we got dreams and plans and and ideas and i just i just want us to get out of these these woods so we can see the horizon and, and make it happen being back in now that you're back in San Francisco and back in the Bay Area, but because it's COVID and pandemic times, uh, how's that been coming back to, you know, a place that feels like you're kind of returning home per se, but uh, it's different. How, how's it feeling? Uh, it's good. I love San Francisco, and uh, I. Um, it's certainly weird to be moving to like i want to come back to the city and like hang out with everybody again and like see my old friends and i've just sort of like been by myself for since yeah. august so that's that's kind of annoying it's not exactly hanging out at dolores park and no yeah. no so that's frustrating but um i am grateful to be in this city i was living in in uh, dc before which is fine but i'm certainly glad not to be right there right now uh and um yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can actually, I, I'm looking at Mount Tam from my window right now as I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> oh, it's nice. just, it's pretty rad. And so I'm really thankful to be here. I just can't wait to share it with other people because that's, who cares if you're by yourself, you know? <laughs> Completely agree. Um, anything, uh, in the last few minutes, anything you'd like to tell our audience to keep an eye out for in the coming months or anything you want to sort of point people's attention to? Yeah, well, I just say, you know, Chanticleer for so long has been a sort of live-only experience, which is amazing. Um, but now we've really sort of leaned into the digital content, digital offerings. So I just, you know, cla- the classic plug to follow us on Instagram at Chanticleer SF um, and Facebook and uh, on YouTube as well, where we'll be putting out a bunch of videos from the past two films and things coming up in the spring as well. Very exciting. Yeah, I would love that. A personal bid to... Um, a, a personal request to see that the the streaming concerts and make them available in some way. Yeah. Evergreen would be amazing. I I would love yeah. that. I would pay, I would I would put money down for that. Deal. Any parting words to um to our audience to for folks who are kind of just struggling through COVID right now and any last wishes for or wishes for folks for for a for a future. Yeah, I would just I would just say that um. I imagine everybody listening to this is a, at least interested in, in choral music. I hope so. <laughs> and, uh, or their spouses you know, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> listening in the car. And I, I would just say, you know, really try to remember what, why you do that. You, you know, I, I don't, I do, I am a choral musician, you know, for the music. Yeah. But, but more for, as I just said, that, that, that connection, that working together towards something, that being in the same room, that same striving for the same goal um, and working at it together. And then finally having this giant climax and, and we're, we're in that right now. We're all working towards the same thing. um, And it's just so hard to feel it when you're by yourself and uh, when you can't do the things you want to do and you can't make those connections with other people. So I, I think we are pretty privileged to have very vivid memories of those connections. Um, and I would just say, lean into those, live in those, and know that they'll come again. Beautiful. Amen. Yeah. 
what a nice sentiment to to end things on mm. well tim it's been really really wonderful having you on thank you for taking time out of your day to to join us and we'll of course let you know when this when this episode is going to go live so you can share it with anybody who'd be interested in listening in which is probably everybody um and yeah we, we just thank you very much for your time oh yeah it's a pleasure when the pandemic's over buy right on us we can hang out in, in dolores park there you go deal deal <laughs> i love it sounds good thank you both so much this has been absolutely lovely thank you tim hope you have a great day take care since we might be run out of town if we didn't include it let's end with a bit of a chanticleer tradition here is franz Bibel's ave maria Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the In Unison Podcast. But before we go... Do you sing in an awesome choir that people should know about? Or maybe know a composer or conductor you'd love to hear on the show? How about any recent or upcoming performances that touched your heart, tickled your fancy, or made you go, hmm? Well, then we would love to hear from you. Please shoot us a note at ideas at inunisonpodcast.com with your thoughts. And who knows, maybe Chorus Dolores will ask us to talk about it during announcements. <laughs> In Unison is sustained, nourished, and fostered by you, our loyal and loving listeners. And don't forget to subscribe to In Unison on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at In Unison Pod. And hey, if you like what you heard, tell a friend or a section mate. Thanks again for tuning in. See you soon. Extra pencils to mark your scores provided by Chorus Dolores. Who'd really like them back after you're done, not like last time, okay? In Unison is produced and recorded by Mission Orange Studios. Our theme music is Mr. Puffy, written by Avi Bortnik, arranged by Paul Kim, and performed by the Danish vocal jazz ensemble Dynamic on their debut album, This Is Dynamic. Special thanks to Paul Kim for permission. Be sure to check them out at www.dynamicjazz.dk.